Welcome to Navigating Change, the education podcast from Teibel, Inc. I'm Pete Wright, and in just a minute, I'm going to turn it over to Howard Teibel, who brings us the first in our series of live podcasts from the Wakubo Annual Conference in San Francisco. He's joined around the table by the current regional association presidents in which they share their valuable insights and innovation, change, service, and the state of education in their regions. Before I hand it off, however, make sure to head over to TeibelInc.com to learn more about our work in education. Subscribe to the show for free. Just join our mailing list by clicking the blue button and we'll let you know each time a new episode is released. Thanks to all our guests for taking part in this wide-ranging conversation live at the Wakubo Annual Conference in San Francisco. We are here with the four head honchos of the four regions. And I'm going to introduce them now before we get into our first series of questions. First, we have Lynn Valenter from Wakubo. Washington State University, Vancouver. We have Lynn Schaefer from Ikubo, hold that wine up, from UMBC. We have Ben Crutcher from University of Kentucky, uh, who is representing Sakubo's presidency. And finally, we have Pete Murtock, who is the Kakubo president from Rankin Tactical College. So welcome to Navigating Change. Thank you for doing this. When you think back on this last year and your presidency, and you think about the things that really you go, you know what, this fantastic what we've accomplished, or even a small thing that you say made a difference in this past year, what's one thing that stands out from you in these regions across this country that you found to be uh, impactful in your work in this, uh, in this association? So my colleagues here know that for the past few years, Ikubo has embarked on this effort to really shake things up and to make sure going forward that Ikubo remains relevant to our members and helpful to them. And so we're now seeing all of those things come to fruition and a lot of excitement building. And, and the evidence in the past year is that both of our major events, our annual meeting and our workshop, we had record attendance at both. The evaluations were really incredible, and so we think we're on the right path. For us, it's been a continuation of providing professional development opportunities across the spectrum. So we've done many things for years, if not decades, but we've added offerings both at the drive-in workshop, day-day-and-a-half workshop. We added Future Leaders Forum for the second time this last year. And uh, most exciting, at this conference, we kicked off our mentoring program for people who are one step away from being a CBO. So that's a very small number of people in a niche, but a very important niche that we hadn't served particularly well in the past. Just listen to the two of you, and then we'll go to the rest of you. Uh, this idea of being innovative, trying different things, experimenting. That, that's something that most associations historically struggle with. And my experience of connecting with your regions is that you're doing more of that and that's very powerful well in the uh, southern region uh, we are well aware that a lot of the current CFOs are uh, mostly male dominated and most of those male dominated CFO positions will be uh, deciding to retire in the next five years so one of the uh, programs that was near to my heart that we introduced in Sukubo was a women's leadership forum that was hosted in February and uh, we had 75 attendees a very excellent program the, the attendees got a lot out of it it was 
a, a two-day program. And so the objective was to uh, do uh, career coaching. So women who are coming up or being in positions to take over these CFO positions uh, get a, a read on how their resume reads. And they also, uh, from a uh, placement service, uh, learn what to do, what to say, how to dress, uh, how to get uh, attention during a job interview, and uh, also uh, learn some things to empower them to be leaders of higher education in the future. So something I'm very proud of that we were able to do in the southern region. Fantastic. What about you, Pete? Well, we're from the, I'm from the central region, and you know the great state of Illinois is in our regions, and they do not pay their bills, and you know you got a lot of budget cuts. So what we're doing is we're trying to bring um, professional development closer to the, the people that need it. Um, we move our workshops and our higher ed around. We moved to St. Louis, our higher ed county workshop. We had one in Minneapolis. We started a webinar series this year. We have actually done two. We have two more slated. And basically brings it free to our members, um, issues like the federal labor law, um, metrics, and things like that. Because affordability in our region is very important with all the budget cuts that are happening. Well, I think what this is a demonstration of is a commitment to the evolving role of the chief business officer. And the fact that, to your comments, that there's going to be a wave of, of transition, succession, there's an opportunity for this next generation to be positioned and that these associations are really ready for that. So what about innovation relative to the work of trying to move the needle and having these associations be impactful? Uh, what makes that hard? And again, it doesn't have to be all four of you, but does anyone have any thoughts about that? One of the things that makes innovation hard is that it takes a lot more resources. When you're trying something new, it's kind of like starting from scratch. And it takes more resources to kind of launch something than it does to keep something going. And in an association, we have very limited funds. I will say, though, that Nakubo and all of the regions have bucked the trend. Nationally, associations are in declining membership. Our associations, both regionally and nationally, are in ascending participation, increasing demand for our annual meetings. And I think it's because of what we do. We are so focused on professional development, and that's a need that speaks to people, and we deliver high-quality people, high-quality training to people where they can participate. So I think that's been a trend. So I think from our perspective, we have talked about as the role of the CBO is changing, the business officer across the institution is changing, there is a need to think more strategically about how we do our work, think uh, more about how we reach across to constituencies across the campus, and we're not used to doing that. We as business officers, we have a certain way of being that we've been for many, many years, and so figuring out how to shift that thinking um, to be, I guess, more strategic and more open to doing things differently is kind of hard. You know, some of the things that higher education is faced with uh, that we weren't really faced with 10 years ago, uh, everybody's questioning our validity. Uh, are we providing a product that is useful to our graduates? And so, as Lynn Valenter, said there's two lens up here 
that are, uh, we are on the uptick on our membership. Uh, I've been to all the association meetings. The programming that we've been able to deliver among our constituents is top notch. Uh, it's current topics, uh, relevant topics, and uh, with Nakubo's help, uh, we've been able to uh, bring uh, topics to our memberships that uh, will help them in the future when the, uh, their congressman is, or congresswoman is validating why their tuition is going up in the face of budget cuts. Uh, the math is easy, but when it, it means that uh, people are questioning as they are in, uh, in our region, why should you be graduating a, a person in French studies? Well, that's the college experience is, is the relevant part of it. Uh, a lot of the people who graduate in uh, liberal arts studies will go on to be good lawyers, uh, good physicians, good dentists, and things like that. So uh, it's not uh, you know whether you're getting a bachelor's degree in engineering, it's whether you're maturing and learning and I think our programs are helping uh, our, our people understand that re uh, relevancy. You know, and that partnership with Nakubo, I can tell you, having been involved with all the regions for, the, for many years, that it really is a building of trust between those who you have great independence, but you're also trusting that you can leverage the best practices and take advantage of what Nakubo has to offer. And that's also something to your point, Lynn, that most institutions, most associations are not doing. I just led a board meeting for another association, nonprofit, and the, the conversation during the board meeting was our declining enrollment. So you're absolutely right that you have something here that's special, and I think you're cultivating it. Pete, do you want anything about that? Well, I just want to add what Ben was talking about relevancy. We have to stay relevant, and if you think about you know, especially small institutions, limited funds, where are they going to go to get, you know, all the issues that are affecting our campus, not just the Gasby's FASB, but, you know, public safety, diversity, inclusion, um, all that stuff now is kind of falling on the CBO to make sure that things are done correctly. And we're, we feel like all three regions are on the cutting edge. One thing we talked about at a regional meeting today was a, a women's forum. And, I mean, we need that. And so we're going to start experimenting with that in regions, you know, a mentoring program that if we can keep, you know, bringing this to the, the members, you know, we're going to stay relevant and we want to be relevant and bring issues that are affecting everybody. Here's something else that some of you might not know, having not either been part of this from a leadership perspective, is how important it is to cultivate new leaders to be involved. And I think one of the unanticipated benefits of becoming, getting on a committee, participating, and some of you out there might even be thinking about this, is that what you learn and take back to your job, it's almost like you can't pay for this training, right? What is it that you've learned as a business officer coming from having contributed as a volunteer here? Because there's a wealth of, of things I'm sure you've been thinking about. This is your chance to enroll people here to start volunteering, by the way. That was my pitch here. Okay. Well, well you have free wine is the first thing. Um, but the, the, the biggest thing that I think I hope our members take away, and I took away, is you're not alone. You know, you're, you're dealing with these problems. They're thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And then you come to these meetings and you meet people that have the same problem. They could be the largest institution in your region or the smallest, 
you always have the same problems. And when you know you're, you're not alone or you can pick up the phone and talk to someone or email somebody, your job comes a little easier because then you can run back and go, I'll figure out what this is going on. I'm going to ask, ask a follow-up question more about as a, as a leader in your role with the people that you have to support, being president here, I'm sure, has taught you some things. What are some of those things? And that's what I'd love to have you share maybe with the group here. Probably the most frustrating person you have to deal with is yourself. So when you get a, a room full of CBOs and you have to deal with all of them, it, it, it's a lot of work. But then you get a better, you're a better communicator, you're more prepared. So when I go back to my institution, when I have to deal with the board, it, it's, it makes things so much easier. So that my communication skills probably improved a lot. I will say that my staff don't like it when I come to these meetings because I always come back with great ideas of how to make things better. That's not true. They actually do love it and they, they come along with me. But this is an opportunity to, to bring back those nuggets of things that other people have done, had success with, and do them on your own campus to make things better. And I would say for me, it's a bit different. Uh, I started in higher ed, came out of private sector, started as the facilities manager, and got promoted to a CFO role a couple years later. I've been in at my institution for almost 20 years. And so being involved with Wakubo has provided professional development uh, kind of beyond my wildest imagination. I haven't had one year of experience, 17 years. I've had different experience every year. And uh, just to cap it off, who could have imagined that by being involved with Wakubo, I would get to sit on the stage with Condoleezza Rice, right? Not that that's a promise, but I will also say that you're involved with a board of directors of really smart people who do a lot of different things. And so being able to work collaboratively with very high-powered individuals who come with different agendas and different backgrounds is really a skill set that you don't often have an opportunity to exercise. So I feel like that's incredibly valuable. Uh, I'm going to come at it uh, in a bit of different, a bit of a different uh, perspective. Uh, one perspective is, as a Sukubo president, I've been fortunate to attend uh, the various association annual meetings. I feel like I'm friends with my colleagues up here on the stage. Uh, I can uh, call them up anytime I need to. If I have a particular problem, they will, they'll help me with it. But I kind of came into this position in a somewhat unorthodox way. Uh, I am not a CFO. Uh, I used to work in the controller's office way, way back. I've been at the University of Kentucky 40 years. But when I came into Sakubo, I was a sponsorship coordinator coming in as an auxiliary services professional. I knew probably back then 90% of the people that are business partners in this room. And so... Uh, you know, we couldn't do what we do without the association of the business partners. But as Pete said, we have a, a board that are, is full of passionate people that know what the issues are, that want to deliver solutions to our members. Sometimes that solution means to partner up with a business partner because they are the subject matter expert in whatever the issue might be. Dr. Rice said the greatest thing. So listen to this. Working in the higher education is not a job, it's not a profession, but a trust. And I think the room just quieted down when they said this. I mean, I have yet to hear somebody so clearly 
uh, articulate to business officers the real value of, of why we do this. It's, it's almost like it's, it's hard to feel connected on a day-to-day basis. You've got so many responsibilities. And she pointed out the thing that we often forget. So here's the question. It might be easy. It might be hard for you. What does that mean to you? So I'm going to relate this to why I articulate that I work in higher ed. For me, working in higher ed is a calling, and it's really the delivery of the American dream. Condi preached, if you will, a personal responsibility mantra. You can be what you want to be, and higher ed is a tool. Education is a tool. And I so believe that. So I am happy to serve because I'm not making somebody money. I'm not doing a new invention. I'm not the next dot-com boom. But I am helping to help people have America be a better place through their attainment of education. So on its very highest level, I, I totally believe and embrace that. And it's important that we remember that because we can lose that. In the day-to-day, stresses, parking tickets. tickets. I'm going to repeat these so everybody on the podcast hear this. Um, That's great. So who else? So it spoke to me because every day I get to see the students on my campus. And so I don't forget it. I always think about that being the reason I'm there. And I have I get such joy. It doesn't feel like a job. I think, oh, my gosh, they're paying me for this. I love this work. Simple but perfect. Well, I'm going to echo what both Lynch just said, but um, I believe higher education changes people's lives. So when you're here, you, you, you're here to learn new stuff to go back to make things better. And I think that's what our role is, is to, we're going to be fiduciaries, we're going to you know, be the guardian of the gates, but at the same time, if we don't make things better, we can't make things better on a campus, especially in a changing environment we're in that ultimately makes it better for the student. So. And I'm going to come at it with a bit of a different perspective. I've seen I've been a uh, black sheep in the family here. But uh, I keep, when I, when I heard that, uh, I, I go back to the University of Kentucky. And I've been there for 40 years. Uh, and I started when I was eight, like Condi started when she was 11. But uh, I, I go back to the, the two days that we move in our freshmen into the dorms where they call them residence halls but uh, uh, the mothers are all upset they're losing their babies and they're trusting us to mature their babies to take care of them to educate them to let them uh, grow socially to become adults when they come out the other end and that's an awesome responsibility and probably nobody at this conference or in higher education goes into higher education because they're going to get rich when they retire. But they do it for a passion, and that passion is to educate the next generation of uh, leaders of this country. So here's the, the closing question. It's a short term, right? So your ter- each of your terms, for the, I mean, three of your terms are one year. And Lynn, you bought two, right? right. You bought two. So... When you think about sort of coming in, you're like three-quarters of the way through it. You're about to turn the mantle over. What is it that you love 
about the role and the, and what you've been able to do and experience as president before you turn it over to the next generation who will be coming up next to share their thoughts. So why don't we just go around and we'll, we'll start with Pete and we'll work our way around. Well, we've been working on a strategic plan for the last uh, couple of years, so making sure that that gets completed this year is my goal. But also just to, there, there's so many wonderful people in higher ed, and we have them on our board, and it's just getting our board, you know, keep moving in the right direction. And um, I can't say enough for the people coming behind me are fantastic, and they're going to be good. So it's just, it just keep on getting them rotated on, you know. Our association has gone through tremendous change. And every crazy idea that I brought up to the board, the board would uh, enthusiastically back and work very hard to uh, come to fruition. And I believe as, a, as an organization, we're much stronger uh, for that. And uh, so my satisfaction is uh, next month when I become past president, I uh, know it's in good hands and the board knows where we've been and knows where we're going and knows how to get there. And I'm blessed with having an extra year to get things done, I think. And from my standpoint, I want to help the organization move forward to be better than, than it was when I came in and to kind of give everybody a voice. And Lynn, what about you? What's the, you get, you get the last word on this one. I've also got the shortest time. I am president until tomorrow. <laughs> But as I reflect, uh, our board is very collaborative. We make decisions collaboratively. We implement them collaboratively. People step up as able. So I actually feel like in many ways I'm helping steer the ship for my year, and I might steer around a couple rocky reefs or decide to take a couple wild rides. But in general, we do it collaboratively, so I just see my ability to lead as being kind of sandwiched by others who have gone before me and will go after me. Click our glasses. Click our glasses. Hold on. Let's get this on the mic. That worked. So, so here's what I want to say just to wrap it up. I, I personally want to thank you for the service that you do because many people who don't have no idea, they have no idea what it is to do this work on top of your day jobs. Some of them that do, they're, they're, they're staying away from this. The group in the back of the room was already bought into it. But what you do makes it possible for myself and others to really feel connected to the work because I think you said this, Lynn, Lynn Valenter, that we're not alone. And I think the power of coming together in this kind of experience is to allow us to see that we're the opportunities to look at the future, but also to work through the challenges together. So thank you very much for the service that you do.